Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast initiative from Cyber Mentor, where we have open, honest conversations about identity, gender, diversity, and inclusion in STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Our episodes are recorded on Treaty 7 land. I'm Allie. I'm Hannah. And I'm Holly. And we are your hosts. Please be sure to keep all your limbs inside the vehicle because we are going full steam ahead. In today's episode, we're excited to be bringing you another installment of our STEAM Dream Team series. We're chatting with Jasmine, Anne-Marie, Caroline, Shaliza, and Manpreet about how they maintain a work-life balance in a rigorous academic program like engineering, the different extracurricular activities they're involved in, and the communities to which they belong. Caroline, what are some things that you do when you're not in the classroom or doing homework or writing exams? There's not a lot of time left after you name all these things. So you have to be very selective and very proactive about choosing the right things to do in that time. And it's also about finding the right things that fit into that lifestyle that I lead just because um, like I know myself, I know the pace that I work at, like when I do get distracted and you know how fast I can get things done and stay on task. So I have to be, you know, very focused about choosing the, the right things to do when I have that time. So usually what I do is I make sure that with my friends, we're always planning ahead of time. I'm a big type A kid, you know, I I plan everything ahead of time. So I make sure that I'm always planning everything like way ahead, putting it into everyone's calendars, whatever it takes, email invites, and we make sure we stick to it. So it's just about being proactive about that calendar and keeping it up. But uh, so that's one of the main things is always making time. For, for friends and make sure that we have time to spend time together and not talk about engineering or school. That's a big thing, always recommend it. Even if you stop by the Eng Lounge, don't always sit down and pull out your computer and work. Talk to your friends, ask them about their day, their weekend, anything but school. So that's one thing I always recommend. And then other than that, extracurriculars are a great opportunity to, uh, to blow off some steam, but at the same time, Put your engineering skills to use, learn new ones, make new friends, build your resume, you, you name it. There's, there's, there are so many benefits to doing extracurriculars. So what I do personally, um, there are a couple of engineering clubs that I'm a part of, and, uh, and one of them is ANOVA. So um, in ANOVA, we, uh, we focus on biomimetic engineering. So use those design skills, the collaborative skills all of those, but at the same time, um, I get to spend time with people from different years and different disciplines that I wouldn't see inside the classroom or within my group projects or any of that. And also we do a lot of work about um, promoting women in STEM and promoting STEM to young girls as uh, you know, we've worked with Hannah and it's been a, a wonderful time. But you know, it's just spending that time away from the calculations and focusing on the other aspects of engineering that we need to promote and bring forwards. I think that's also important. It brings a holistic um, aspect to um, your engineering experience and your learning. Sorry to interject. I'm just really curious. Did you like emerge this like wise person who was good at the boundaries uh, between like we're not talking about eng, we're talking about eng now. Um, and like the balance of choosing what you were going to be involved in? Did you just emerge victoriously like that? Or, or was there a journey along there? And what was that journey like, if so? Mm-hmm. So I think it all started in high school. And it was, 
also I, I was a very studious kid, a lot more studious than I am now. So for different reasons, I was super busy. And I, I had to choose my extracurriculars carefully because of that as well. And even uh, what I found for myself was it was better for me to focus on a few things that I really enjoyed and was passionate about rather than spreading out too thin. Because unless I can see the impact I have on any one specific group or in any of the activities I'm doing, there's really no point of me being there. So as long as I can see uh, the benefit I'm getting out of it in terms of uh, I can find fulfillment in it and, and I really am happy doing this and feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and at the same time, seeing the benefit that my presence and my contributions have on others. Because uh, if it's not helping anyone, it's probably not the way to go. So it's just about balancing passions with strengths and the impact that you have on people. Um, so for me, that was it in high school was just picking a few. And for me, it was an interesting journey getting there. Like I did, I did Spanish clubs. We so did like a lot of fundraising and cultural stuff and, and language stuff. But at the same time, I did technical theater and that was super different. It was a lot of long hours and long nights and mornings setting stuff up and, and doing all that. And a few other things just all around the place. So it was, it was diverse, but I had to make sure that whatever I was consistent with was something that I, I really felt strongly about. And in university, it became really apparent right off the bat that uh, it needs to be more of an active process than ever before. So what I did in first year was I went to uh, clubs week and all the clubs fairs. And even the year before I went on the clubs list on, on club hub or the SU website. And I went through that list, saw the things that matched with my uh, skills and my interests, made a whole list. And then when I started in September, went and visited all the booths. I talked to all the execs and I signed up for all the mailing lists. So kept getting all those emails. And I slowly throughout the first month and a half, I would kind of check stuff off that list as I'm narrowing it down to what I found I was most passionate about. And then I stuck with those all the way through and I intend to keep, keep going with them until the end of my degree. And it was just moving upwards from there. Oh my gosh. I'm like, maybe Caroline, you should teach a like prioritizing class or something because I am still learning this lesson of like, I sign up for everything and then I get overwhelmed and then have to like quit everything or like just never sleep. Caroline, tell me about, so you mentioned in the first episode that you started a group to work with seniors and seniors wellness. How did this come about? How did this inspire you? What what is this extracurricular and, and why did you start it and why is it important to you? Yeah, it came about a little differently than most of the extracurriculars I'm a part of. Um, I think it started when I participated in the U Calgary Cares Night with the Student Leadership and Engagement Office. So we went to, to one of the senior homes and we were doing room checks. So we were just supposed to be doing this, this maintenance stuff and just checking like, you know, is their stove working? Is their toilet working? Their windows are, do they open properly? Just regular stuff like that. But what we found is that um, instead of those being just quick 10 minute checks, you know, in and out, the seniors were very relieved to have us there. And we ended up being there for at least 45 minutes in each room because everybody wanted to open up to us and talk to us about these struggles that they haven't been able to talk to anyone else about. And you just have these, these strangers walk into your home and like they're asking you if your window creaks and suddenly you're you're able to evolve this conversation into well how have you been dealing with your fibromyalgia now that you have to give up your driver's license or how well how's grocery shopping going uh, how do you feel about you know your appointments and all this 
And even some of them, we initiated that contact, but almost always it was just them opening up. And you could tell there was almost a sense of desperation for that contact, content and, sorry, contact. And also um, having youth being a part of, of your day and in your life. Because I think, you know, there's, I joke about, you know, well, we try to bring youth back into their lives, but like in more ways than one. And that's kind of how it started because it was a small group of us out doing this one night thing. And we found that there's almost an unmet need there. I know there's, there's a lot of great work being done uh, for the seniors community everywhere, but it's, it's a constant need. And there's, there are so many ways that we could be helping that simply everyone who's already contributing to this cause, they can't do everything. So uh, we, I sat with a friend of mine, longtime friend of mine, and we were thinking um, of different unmet causes or unmet needs around the city. And uh, senior, seniors wellness was very high on our list because of that experience. So we talked about it and we decided to go right for it. We asked around with, the, with senior homes and we found that even though they get, you know, uh, nursing practicums and, and different people working all the time, it's never, it's never enough. Then the seniors need more. They truly do. And since they are a marginalized sector of our society, it is, it was very important to us that we do something about this. So what we did is we started by starting our own SU club. And then from there, moving with the administration stuff, um, we, uh, we recruited a lot of people in the upcoming fall, which was fall 2019. And we had over 200 students sign up which showed us that not only do seniors really want youth in their lives, but youth really want to be in the lives of seniors. So that, that was very clear to us that this is something that we should be pursuing. And we ended up um, registering as an Alberta non-for-profit and we're working towards expanding and making this initiative available all around Canada. So we're slowly getting there, but it's a, it's a grassroots initiative and it's just a few of us working through this. So we're hoping to really go far with this. My gosh, you blow my mind. That's amazing. <laughs> How do, you, how do you do all these things, Caroline, and all of you? I cannot, you, that's, that's wonderful. Can you tell me a little bit more about your experience working with these seniors? We've met some of the most interesting characters. I mean, every single person that we've met at these uh, residences is so fascinating. I mean, we've met Holocaust survivors. We've met one of the first Anglican priests, uh, female Anglican priests. Uh, we've met, you know, women who taught university courses on typing as their their husbands and boyfriends were, you know, professional Scottish soccer players and like things like that. Very interesting stories and, you know, professional musicians. And it's it's so cool the stories that these people have to share, but they just go unheard because they're they're left to the side of society. It's like, well, your turn's over, now it's our turn to live our lives. But I think there's a big switch there once you spend time with people that are older than you and you see that this isn't an other to who you are, this is you in a few years and there really isn't much of a difference there. Um, so it's, it's been a very interesting experience for sure. Uh, several of the main volunteers that we have and um, one of the other execs were, were girls in engineering. So seeing their reactions when we tell them, when they ask us, oh, you know, you guys are from the University of Calgary, what are you studying? And we say engineering and everybody's like, what? And they, they just like couldn't wrap their minds. They're like, seriously? Like, well, how many girls are in engineering now? What does that look like? You know, how do you find it? They're like, when I was growing up, it was very different. Like you go into an arts degree and you go out and you become a housewife. And, like, and that was the narrative for most women at the time. 
and they tell me about how the University of Calgary looked back then and the very tiny class sizes. But it's that reaction they have to, to young women in engineering that's always very fulfilling because they don't meet it with any sense of judgment or rejection, but it's rather like they're, they're impressed. It's like, you know, I, I didn't experience this when I was growing up. I wouldn't have seen it as an option for me. But the fact that you're doing it is is amazing, and it's it's really cool to see them just like open their minds up to this idea. It's so interesting, and the way that the older men react to is always very cool as well. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Caroline, for sharing about your experiences of finding your extracurricular activities and how you prioritize that, and then also giving us a little bit of an idea about the work that you've done with the with your seniors group. That's that's really incredible. Manpreet, what are you doing when you're not studying or working on equations? I don't even, this is what I imagine engineers do is you're just at your books, like, just like, what do you do when you're not typing into your calculator? Um, can you tell us a little bit about your extracurricular activities or, or things that you like to do when you're not, when you're not studying? For sure. I think, yeah, crunching equations is very, it's a very real kind of mode you get into, especially around exam time. Um, yeah, just, I guess, also building on kind of what Caroline said about, kind of that work-life balance, I kind of think of it almost as a continuum of kind of this like scale where you have this little lever that you move. And I found some semesters, you know, it's really academic heavy where the courses are just so demanding that you need to spend so much time in just learning the course content versus other semesters, you might have a lighter load and maybe it's more social semester. You're hanging out with friends more. You're, you know, going on trips on the weekends. Um, so for me, it's always been kind of that continuum and it's so hard to kind of nail it right when, when you're entering into semester, sometimes when you find yourself kind of burdened with so many things on the go is when you really realize where your priorities are and what you need to focus on. So it's, it's definitely a challenge and I'm honestly, I think I've gotten better at it, but I'm still, it's still kind of a juggling game. Um, and, um, I think for me, I've, I've really enjoyed kind of the course courses that I've been able to take and sometimes when I'm with my engineering friends you know you get so caught up in talking about engineering type concepts and before you know it you know your whole day has just been purely engineering and then you go home and you're like wow I'm exhausted because you haven't had that time to branch out of the little engineering bubble and kind of just see what life is about um, so I think in terms of hanging out with some of my non-engineering friends that's been really great in terms of kind of talking about regular life things um, and kind of escaping my eng bubble uh, which i do enjoy being a part of but it's also nice kind of just taking that cap off um for me i guess the things i've gotten to be involved in i started off a lot um, in some kind of the advocacy roles so i remember when i started university they had uh, tryouts for a first year representative with the engineering student society so i really got involved in my first few weeks in that and that kind of snowballed and i was able to get more involved in advocacy and i I think for me it was really great because I got to use some of my communication skills. I got to talk to my peers and see what ideas they had and changes they wanted to make and work with a council and work with other people um, and other friends to really kind of take some of these ideas and turn them into initiatives. So I worked with the ESS, um, the Mechanical Engineering Student Society, and then I also ran for the Students' Union. So a lot of I guess my time was in some of these advocacy and uh, student uh, government roles which I really enjoyed. It was very social, but you also kind of were able to put your kind of finger on certain things that were play, like certain issues plaguing the student body, which I 
I found interesting. And actually through that, I was able to organize um, a competition, a high school engineering competition. And Jasmine was actually one of the individuals that attended the high school engineering competition. That's how old I, <laughs> I am. Um, but that was really fun to kind of, once again, focus on that recruitment and kind of pass on some of those um, aspects of engineering to whether it's high school students, whether it's other females and uh, use, really use those university resources to kind of benefit the community. Um, as well, I think later on in my last few years, I got involved a lot in entrepreneurship. And I think there are some really cool clubs and we need more females in entrepreneurship and in innovation and kind of using these skills that we inherently have as creators and as creative individuals. And I think there's so many opportunities, the Hunter Hub at the University of Calgary. Uh, there's other resources. I got to go to Silicon Valley for a week, which was really cool. Um, and I think if, if you're interested in creating, I know there's some really awesome projects that Carolina and Jasmine and Anne-Marie have talked about. Um, but like just having that space to create and foster that entrepreneurship, the Hunter Hub has been awesome for that. So that's kind of been, I guess, my later few years, I've been able to uh, be involved in that. Um, I'm trying to, trying to think what else. Um, I guess, yeah, that non-school related dialogue that Caroline talked about is really, really important. I think, like I said, that bubble that you can kind of get caught up in sometimes can sometimes be unhealthy in certain ways I found when you're just focusing on engineering, especially when it's very academic based, because we all learn differently. And sometimes I found that I've learned the most about myself and also the course content when I get to take a step back. And unfortunately, sometimes you don't get to take a step back because you know, you're in classes eight hours of the day, you have assignments, group projects, you're on the weekends, you're working. Um, so I, I definitely learned after a few years to kind of set that time for myself in the day. And, and it's so hard, like I'm not perfect by any means where every day I have this dedicated perfect hour where I set um, for myself. But one thing that I found was evenings, I really can't, I really don't work well in the evenings. And I know some of my peers work incredibly well in the evenings and I found they're pulling all these all-nighters and working into the wee hours of the morning. And for me, that just didn't work. And I think I found that out and that really benefit, benefited my ability to keep that work-life balance was finding out what hours of the day actually worked well for me. And if I had to unplug, you know, at 7 or 8 p.m. to have the evening off, but then wake up in the morning to work, like that benefited me and that helped me maintain that sense of schedule. So I think it's about kind of finding what works for you and also being able to kind of have that integrity, even when your peers might be doing something completely different, because that might work for them uh, in upholding that uh, balance. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, Manpreet. And I, that's so cool that you were able to participate in all these different opportunities. I think that really shows like the importance of putting yourself out there and, and, uh, and sort of the confidence piece that we've spoken about in a few prior episodes about like really believing in yourself and your abilities and, and putting yourself out there, even though you might feel less self-confident as other, uh, as other uh, folks in your classes are. So that's, that's awesome. Um, Anne-Marie, would you like to share about, uh, and I know uh, you're coming in to, you are just wrapping up your first year, um, but I know you had mentioned in, in a previous episode that you played lacrosse and things like that. So I'm really curious, like what, 
what does Anne Marie do on her uh, on her days off? What what are the things that that you enjoy doing, and how have you found that work life balance? Um, and by no means do I uh, in this conversation does it mean that any of us actually have work life balance figured out. Um, and it's actually okay to also admit and have conversations about how we're struggling and moving forward. I know myself um, with COVID-19 and working from home, my desk is, I'm coming at you from my bedroom. Um, and so there have been nights where like turning off the computer and having that balance is not, is non-existent or days where I actually have found it really, really hard to work. Um, so it's all, it's all a balance. So by no means do these conversations have to be about all the things that we're doing well. I want to hear the good and the bad, um, but it sounds like you're all incredible at this. So, Emery, what are you, what are you up to? What do you like to do? Yeah, well, so um, I am in my first year. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, so I don't have as much of you know, the kind of university type of work balance, uh, unlike all of these other women. Um, but I can definitely speak to the work-life balance and what it's kind of, how it's impacted my life. Um, so I love what you guys are saying about how this work-life balance is something like a skill. In my opinion, I believe that having a balance between work and school or having a balance between work and your family life, work and your mental health, everything um, to do with that makes you a better person. I believe that this is a skill that you develop throughout your entire life. And it really comes down to, you know, when you're in university or when you have those challenging weeks, those challenging months, and even those like challenging years um, that people experience where they have to balance these things. I think that um, having a balance between work and as well as school um, is something of a skill and I will admit you know there's been times in in my academic and in my social life where it leans more to one side and more to the other but this is um, I believe that it's more of a skill that you develop throughout your entire life and it's something that you develop um, honestly until until you're you're pretty old because uh, everyone stuff going on and like you said Hannah when the, when you have those days off what are you doing um so my kind of journey between having a work-life balance started off in high school um a little bit about me starting off in high school um I was playing some uh national level lacrosse so I, I got to play for Team Alberta um and with my Team Alberta um I got to play um on two kind of uh, provincial level teams and you know we had we had practices where we had to travel like I'm from Calgary um, I mentioned that in my introduction episode but I'm from Calgary so we would have to drive up to Edmonton for the weekend stay at um, our our billets that they called it um, and practice for you know two four hours a day uh, rigorous practicing rigorous training uh, to prepare for nationals so, and then, you know, coming down, I was still in school. I was still, you know, getting a high school workload of the math and the science. So, you know, I kind of, I was immersed in, and pretty much forced to, you know, figure out what I exactly I needed to balance between school and between um, my extracurriculars. And um, I've continued to do that uh, in addition when I was in high school. And even now, um, I was working uh, morning shifts before, uh, before I went to school at nine o'clock. So I used to work at five o'clock in the morning. 
um, getting up like 4.30 kind of thing, uh, driving to work. And because I, uh, I worked in the same building, I went to school. Uh, my school, my home school, Bishop O'Byrne in, in Calgary, Alberta, uh, is attached to a YMCA facility. So at that YMCA facility, um, I lifeguard and I teach swimming lessons. So I was lifeguarding before I went to school. And you know, those days where you would spend 12 hours, 15 hours in one building, like not seeing the light of day, it really takes a toll on you. Um, so, like Caroline said, she was to, uh, Caroline, you were talking about, you know, weighing your options between what you are doing right now and what makes you happy and what impact you're kind of taking. Because it's hard, especially when you get into university and you, the first week of club week, you see uh, in Mac Hall, there's, there's 50 clubs and you want to do those clubs. They're very interesting. You meet so many people. But when it comes down to it, it's it's hard to you know look look at your options and and weigh which ones do I want to do, which ones do I sort of want to do, which ones do I have time for, and which ones are going to make the most impact on my life and uh, the impact on other people's. So that's kind of where um, I had to do that in high school, and I had to take a look. Okay, how am I going to balance? you know, school and trying to get into university, because it's hard um, trying to get into university with my job that, you know, is providing me with, with the, 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 the money that's going to take me into university, right? So for me, lifeguarding and, and the community that, uh, that I was immersed in at the, at the Shaughnessy YMCA was what made me and what interests me um, into, you know, putting in the hours to work um, morning and then go to school after and then sometimes even work after school. Um, now that I'm in university, I, I don't do morning shifts because I because I've recognized um, the type of toll forcing yourself to do too much at one time can take on you not only on your mental health but on your physical health. Um, I learned uh, kind of right off the bat when I was when I was getting those really late nights and I was really really tired. Oh my gosh to have the wisdom in your, like, that you have finishing your first year coming into university with that experience. I, I wish that I had, I had done that. <laughs> that's it was hard. It was, it was grueling at times. Um, and that's why I had to, you know, take a step back from work a little bit. I don't work as much as I used to. Definitely don't work morning shifts because when you have to travel from the last station all the way up to Tusk, all the way up to university, and it's an hour. It, it's you can't. I can't even. I yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it is what it is. But it makes me happy. And my I work with my best friends, um, and the people I've spent high school with. So I enjoy every second of it. I miss it right now, especially. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's wonderful that you found such a beautiful community there, and and hopefully you'll be able to get back to that within reason soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jasmine, what do you, what do you get up to when, uh, when you're not working? Um, what are some things that, that you've done or some, some groups that you've joined that have provided some of that balance? Well, it's kind of funny because I actually live really close to Shaughnessy as well. And so I have the same commute as Anne-Marie and um, I work in the same building as she does. I work on the arena side of things though. And sometimes I take summer camps to the pool. So maybe I've seen her there and not noticed, but so I teach skating there and that's um, really fun for me because like engineering, you're sitting a lot and it's nice to kind of have something to break it up, like to have some variety. So I like 
to kind of have be able to get moving and be at least a little bit active because there's a lot of sitting and studying so I and I just work like one or two shifts a week because I think like everyone said you can't can't do everything at once unless you're doing a reduced course load so um, and then in terms of extracurricular activities my approach ha has always been like there's two things I look for and like my number one thing is I have to be enjoying it like if it's not a cause I care about I won't do it so it has to be like I feel like I'm making a difference and either like I'm improving engineering or I'm improving the university or I'm like just I want to always like try and make things better for people and so and for me I want to feel like I'm like learning things and there's like a progression of like skills gained and that everything's always sort of leading to something so when I started I started as a first year rep on ESS and for me that was important because I didn't know many people coming in because I was homeschooled so I came to the school and like there's a class of 800 people and I knew none of them so uh, that was really great for me because I got to like meet a lot of people and it just it gave me an awareness of like what some of the issues are at like Schulich and the university and like um it kind of helped me be more in touch with the class and also like find out from upper years what are the ways to address these issues so like you know a lot of people know what the issues and the problems are but it's hard to know like what do you do about them and like what are the resources available so I found like being on ESS has really like helped me have the tools to be able to be an effective like advocate or ally or whatever else I need to be because I'm kind of like more aware of like from upper years what people have done in the past what works that sort of thing so being on ESS has given me like a lot of skills that have branched off into other things and helped um, like propel me into other things so for example uh, in January of first year I went to this conference called Congress with the Canadian Federation of Engineering Students Manfred has been to a bunch of conferences too with uh, CFES so she would know but it's really fun because you get to like um, get a lot of professional development and like learn from other student leaders from across the country and so I learned a lot there and that's actually where I first heard about um, quality of life issues in Indigenous communities like even though I am Indigenous I didn't know anything about it like my family was raised like like totally like settler perspective like nothing at all related to the culture at all and that was mostly a result of my grandpa being a part of the 60s group so like when he was raised he was told like oh you're not indigenous you're white so and so that's kind of like how we all grew up and like I just literally never made the connection between the fact that oh this is an issue in Canadian society and being in engineering I'm actually in a really good place to try and do something about this so like that's something that's always been interesting to me personally is like how does my degree like interact with society and like what does that mean for how I interact with society so for me um you know like being on ESS let me go or anyone can go to these conferences even if you're not on ESS you should totally apply you should go they're fantastic um but being on ESS just kind of like helped me be more aware of those things and then being there helped me be aware of more issues and then like I applied to go to a like I knew about like the Schulich Student Activity Fund so I was able to apply for funding for that independently to go to an Assembly of First Nations conference the next month which was like really cool I got to learn more and it kind of developed into other things so for me um, I feel like it's, I always kind of try and challenge myself and when I was so then next the next year um, I was vice president academic and that was also like a good opportunity for me to like 
learn a lot more, develop skills, because I was like leading other people. And then that experience of leading other people helps me with like starting an Indigenous STEM club because I've kind of already had that experience and thinking about like, I kind of have a better perspective of like how clubs work and like what the different roles might be and things like that. So kind of always looking for that progression. And then now like I'm co-chairing um, the Conference on Diversity and Engineering with the Canadian Federation of Engineering Students, which is something like I went to in second year. So it's like, um, as I learn, like I try and like see things I'm interested in and I'm like, oh, well, I really like this conference. I think it's cool. So I'm gonna run one myself or like I like advocating for people in this way. So I'm gonna wanna like be an executive member of the council or like, so whatever it is, it's just like, if I see something that I'm interested in and I really like, um, then I just kind of pursue it in that way and always like think about like what's the next step and how can I build on what I've already done and like in a way that helps other people and also helps me grow as well. Um, and then I think what um, was said earlier about some semesters are really busy and some are less, like you kind of have to be flexible. I think that's a really good point. Like you can't always expect yourself to be able to like always be like some extracurricular superhero because some semesters are just really hard and it's like all you can do to like just like stay afloat and not fail sometimes so I think um, I sometimes think about extracurriculars like in terms of a class almost like if I know okay I'm gonna be like an executive member of this or like co-chair of this or whatever it is if I know it's gonna be a big role then I'll look at my classes and be like okay can I move a class to spring or maybe I have to do less extracurricular activities so almost like the same way you schedule classes to schedule your extracurriculars to think this is what I want to do this is the opportunities that are available to me but like what can I actually make work given like the other commitments I have I found that has helped me a lot too that's such a good way of putting it Jasmine I love the idea of like scheduling and I also like that you highlight and that quite a few of you have highlighted like that it's it's all about the balance it's it's not about being able to be the perfect uh perfectly scheduled like i know exactly what i'm doing right now and i have a completely i have like eight hours of school and eight hours of social life that's all perfect um i like that you've highlighted that like it's a give and take and like some it might be like a four month semester stretch that you're going to be working a lot on schoolwork and then uh and then also recognizing like that just happens and like um and finding the time to take care of yourself in the meantime and like whatever you need to do um and getting through and then finding other ways to fulfill your schedule or, or be able to get all of your things done and really be cognizant of that i think that's really lovely yeah and sometimes in the moment like it's hard to see that but i think if you can make the tough call like I've dropped classes before I withdrew from a course last year like being able to be like you know what this really isn't working this really isn't going to go well I it's, I hate to do this but I need to like make a tough choice for me is good or like even extracurricular like you want to honor all your commitments but like when I was vice president academic we made a new role which was like a dinners director so this big task I had to run these dinners they cost like $36,000 it was so much pressure and I was like there is no way I can run these dinners and pass all my second year courses. There's just no way it's not gonna happen. So like, if you acknowledge that, then like we could do something about it. We like got another student to come and be a dinner instructor and like help me run those dinners together. And it was just so much better. Everything was way more successful. I got a little bit more sleep. So just like things like that, if you can like in the moment, like it's really hard to do, but if you can try and like recognize that for yourself and find like, 
like how can I make this better and not be afraid to be like you know what this class this semester this prof is not it's not happening this is not the prof for me then that that's good too so I think that's so good to highlight too one of my favorite podcasts uh talks about they always bring up uh whenever anyone talks about something about quitting something they give a big hooray um and i think that that's so important too is talking about i, I mean we've talked a little bit before on this podcast about failure and about the fear of failure and perfectionism and i think too that a lot of people associate quitting with failure but i really think it should be the opposite like having quit something it means that you tried something and you figured out it wasn't for you. Um, and I think I really appreciate too, Jasmine, that you brought up the fact that like, it can also involve, it doesn't always mean cutting your extracurriculars. It can also be, it, it can also be withdrawing from a class. Um, and so I know some people like I, myself, I have this pressure of like, you like your academics come first, like blah, blah, blah but it, it really should be like, this is your whole life. So what, what are you gonna be able to balance? Shaliza, you have a different perspective. You have shared in the past a little bit about the charity that you founded and have been running for the last few years called Children's Birthday Miracles. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your experience uh, doing the opposite of what Jasmine did, which is having to step back from your organization and your extracurriculars to focus more on school? Before university, I started a charity um, that I was so passionate about. And honestly, there was a part of me that was like, maybe I won't go to university and I'll fulfill this for the rest of my life. Um, and it was really great at first. I was, you know, it was going places. I was speaking at different events. Um, I made, I loved at children so much. So um, going to these birthday parties was super exciting. But as great, of, as, great as it was, um, unfortunately, you can't do absolutely everything. Um, and being in engineering, it was really hard for me. Um, I wasn't very good, like I wasn't as good as I wanted to be in engineering. And doing that on top of running a charity was absolutely impossible. Um, and I never liked to admit that myself. So I was at a crossroads in my life, I would say, after second year of university. Um, I went to a trip to Toronto for the charity and it was great. And I like got to experience an awesome gala and everything, but I missed a lot of classes and I was behind in a lot of my courses and I was just not doing well. And I was kind of lost. I was like, do I even want to be an engineer anymore? I'm not really sure. Um, Cause I'm really struggling. Uh, so I had a, a lot of time to reflect on everything that was going on. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, I kind of think that I need to take a step back. So what I decided to do is actually delegate a lot of my tasks that were associated with my charity. Um, and I decided to find other people that were maybe involved in the humanitarian sector that were pursuing it in their career and got them involved with the charity, which is great. Um, and then that summer and spring, I ended up taking spring and summer courses to up my GPA. Um, to try to get an internship. And I kind of became a whole new person. I had to really re-strategize um, what, what was really important to me at the time, what I wanted to be. If I wanted to be an engineer, then I had to go for it. If I wanted to be a charity founder, then I had to do that. I couldn't do both anymore. Um, so I know, and honestly, if it wasn't for that kind of wake up call and that stress attack that I had, I don't think I would be the engineer that I am. So I think one of the biggest lessons that anyone can really learn is it's okay to say no, 
and it's okay to step back. Maybe something that you were super good at back in the day um, and you felt like you wanted to do that forever, maybe it's okay to take a different route. And it doesn't mean that you for sure have to leave that behind. It just means that right now at this very moment, it's preventing you from fulfilling the dreams that you think are the best for you right now. So I ended up taking a step back um, from the charity and I still do work, but I didn't do as much. Um, and then now I found in my fourth year when I had more time, I could at least do more um, events and host more um, events for the charity. But it's also really nice to look back at something that you created and see it operating without you. Um, I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's something that people can take as well is that it's okay to, you know, fulfill your engineering dreams and look back and say, hey, look, I started that, but now there's a bunch of other people that are passionate about it. And that's the beauty of anything you create, I think. Um, and I think also when you're so passionate about something, you think you, you, you put your, um, all your sweat and tears into it until you, your body tells you no. And, um, and that definitely happened to me. And so I think that's why I am the way I am today. And uh, that's somewhere in my life that I have been at a crossroads. And so, yeah, I hope that, you know, in the future, anyone who feels that way can say, no, I think I'm going to step back before it gets too bad. Because at the end of the day, these are the important decisions we have to make in life in order to feel, do what's best for us that we think is, um, is going to help us succeed today. Yeah. One of the themes that has really come up in this conversation that I've noticed is this giving back to community or participating in community um, or finding a community. And so I just wanted to hear a little bit about like, what does, what does being part of a community mean to you? Like what, what, it, what does that aspect when it comes to being an engineering student um, or being yourself and being part of a community and, and giving back to a community? Totally. I think, for me, communities have been ways in which I feel kind of empowered that I can use my skills to help someone else who might not have the, the same voice or the same capabilities. I've been pretty involved with individuals with disabilities, uh, just out of personal experience with one of my siblings. Uh, so just being able to kind of use my technical engineering uh, skill set in addition to some of the communication skills I've developed to help. It, it really provides a sense of fulfillment that I think sometimes is missing from sometimes classes when you're, you know, you're just learning stuff, but you don't actually get that chance to mobilize and go out there and really get your hands dirty. And I think whether you're serving that community or being a part of a community, it provides that deeper sense of fulfillment and uh, that empowerment that you can do something to maybe improve someone else's day. Um, I think it also, in terms of building resilience and we've talked a little bit about failure so when things aren't going well having a community that you can go to um, that you resonate with that that's kind of the backbone of being able to bounce back um, from failure and being able to kind of just take that taking that time to know it's okay to feel the way you feel after something hasn't gone the right way um, and then being able to identify how or what you need to actually improve and I think those communities are so essential whether you know that's your friend community in engineering whether you know that's a religious community that you have at the university or maybe your neighborhood community all these communities I think are so important in you feeling a part of something bigger than yourself and in providing that kind of purpose almost like realizing that you have this ability to give back 
to something that tra transcends beyond you as a person, but to kind of this larger collective and this larger movement. Are there any communities on campus or within your like area or whatever that you have particularly uh, felt a connection with or any communities that, that you're part of? Yeah, so in my first few years of university, I was part of the Six Students Association. So we would hold kind of free kitchens on campus. We had an awareness week. And for me, that was a nice way to connect to my cultural and religious identity, which um, I didn't necessarily have fully growing up in high school in the school I went to in Vancouver, but it was nice to find that at university and kind of unlock this other side of me that was a bit clandestine, I guess, um, in my earlier childhood years. And then I've also been a part of the Special Olympics Committee in BC. So I grew up playing a lot of basketball and it's a nice athletic way to kind of give back and also connect with other individuals who are always so inspiring and so special. So I think those are two kind of large communities that I've, I've been a part of. Awesome, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you so much. That sounds so cool. All of the, I love, I love hearing about all the different communities people are part of. I'm a, I'm a bit of a community geek. I should also add, I lived on residence. So that's a whole other community that's really cool on campus. And it made kind of a home away from home when I was in Calgary. That warms my residence heart. I worked in residence uh, at Wilfrid Laurier University in Brantford, Ontario for a year. And that I can definitely also, uh, I echo what you're saying about the residence community being a home away from home. It's always a beautiful way of of meeting people. Um, anyone else want to speak to uh, their connection to community or what communities do you belong to and, and how do they lift you up or or your connection or giving back to community or any community, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I can kind of speak to that. I already touched uh, mostly on my communities and the communities that I'm involved, uh, involved in. Definitely speaking uh, from listening to you guys talk about residence, um, for any incoming students worrying about making friends on residence, I particularly was not on residence, but I can completely vouch for the fact that um, residence people are very, very friendly, even to people like who are not on residence. Um, I remember it was our first, it was actually our first midterm um, and, you know, I was, we were planning on uh, staying, me and my uh, pod of people were planning on staying very, very late to study for our, uh, you guys are going to smile, but our end 201 midterm. Um, uh, yeah, so people, people remember that um, uh, kind of experience and you know, we stayed late and we collaborated late and everyone in residence kind of just came together with everyone who weren't on residence um, to help them out with that situation. Uh, since the next day, uh, our exam was at, uh, I think, 7.15 in the morning. That never happens. And yeah, it was a, it was some kind of a wake up call for a lot of, yeah, yeah. I won't talk about that 7.15 in the morning exam. It's very, very rare that that happens, but when it does, you know, it, it kind of builds a sense of community, even in those little mini experiences. Um, so anyways, my kind of communities that I talked about earlier, uh, were outside of the YMCA or outside of um, school and then also in school, um, particularly in school, I got involved in the leadership program um, that basically a lot of, you just get together um, every month 
uh, or so, and you discuss how you can build your leadership strengths. You know, they they actually were able to give us books um, and presentations, and were able to send us to different events um, to kind of build our leadership skills. And I think that was something that really meant a lot to um, to me. And it, you know, it established an opportunity for me and a lot of my other peers who were in first year and who are kind of more timid. Um, to get involved. Same with the mentorship program at the University of Calgary. You get paired directly with uh, an upper year student and for a first year kind of perspective when everyone's going in and if you may not know uh, any upper year students, it's a great way to connect with people and even provide you with those little note packages that they that help them. Um, basically these kind of communities that I'm talking about right now were all communities that I was able to go and search for on campus. Um, so basically my advice for any incoming student was to, you know, go and don't be shy to go look for your community. I know um, Stephanie, who's not here today, but she talked a lot about going out um, and finding those kind of cultural communities on campus where it's not so much prevalent in classrooms. I think I I think that is very, very important, um, as well as, you know, going out and finding communities um, that you can be a part of and that interest you. Um, during clubs week is something that definitely uh, I can vouch for and would advise people to do. Um, as for kind of my extracurriculars, I talked a lot about before I was involved in um, you know, my work community and my friendship community um, kind of mixes together in one. I found, you know, uh, things that you may kind of take for granted, but not so much recognize until you really need them um, kind of came to me in my first year. You know, when you were struggling, it was or when people are struggling, it's really it's really a necessity to kind of look at your communities and look at the things you're involved in and you kind of get pushed into doing that when you face something that you know you need help with um, going to your family members going to the engineering student uh, center or just kind of um, available um, available opportunities on campus to talk to people um, and to kind of get through that i I find that unity and community is um, is super important in kind of getting through hard times. Because in university, yeah, you face a lot of hard things, but it also makes you kind of recognize what are the good things and what can you take advantage from that. I definitely vouch for you know finding your community, finding your space on campus. Don't being not being afraid to put your neck out there and join a team that is all males or it's all girls. It, honestly, it's it's up to you to find that you know that you can mix um, a bit of your academics and your and your social life into engineering. You just have to be you know open and and not afraid to do that. Meanwhile, you know taking advantage. Um, making sure, well, making sure that you're, you're still on a good academic path and you're not swinging too socially. I had that problem, but I've, I've been able to fix it. Um, so I, even though it's kind of been, um, I've had some, you know, problems with kind of balancing um, and rough experiences with that, I've been able to take those kind of people, uh, like bad experiences and, and really, uh, I don't know, make that me, make my academic journey uh, just better. So yeah, that's what I would, uh, that's what I would have to say. Awesome. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. And yeah, I think like, yeah. is it even a first year if you, 
if you don't have to like figure some things out and figure out and sort of steer around like it's that's I think that that's that's wonderful for you to share that because I think a lot of people don't think that they have to go into first year having everything perfect and oh, no. or like or first year university first year grad school for like whatever like there's 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 all this pressure to do everything perfectly and it's like that's just that doesn't exist that's not real like it's you're gonna mess up continuously and it's gonna be amazing <laughs> mm -hmm. honestly every road um that i every uh, student um, and all my peers something that we kind of can bond over is our faults you know uh, engineering failures is something that we've talked about or um, have been touching on in in our previous episodes and totally I've I've definitely seen kind of in my first year experience how your failures and being able to bond with other people about you know failing exams or not doing so well or having a really bad lab day where your lab TA was yelling at you and you messed it up it's funny in the end because honestly it, it's something that people can relate to and being able to admit your faults honestly makes you a better person so I totally vouch for for engineering failures steam failures all of that stuff totally a woman to that that's my version yeah. of female. So. Um. Jasmine, what, oh, I got some snaps there. Thank you, Caroline. Uh, Jasmine, uh, you spoke a little bit, well, quite a bit about, about community connection and, and uh, the importance of community and giving back. Um, I don't know if you want to share anything else when it comes to communities that you've participated in um, or are a part of or the ways that giving back has, has really impacted um, your, your experiences or your work. I mean, you've already really talked about that but please if you want if you would like to say anything else uh, I don't know I mean you know communities are always about uh, usually built on shared suffering or some form of shared misery um, so in engineering it's like everyone bonds over the, the assignment that sucks or whatever else um, but it's nice just to I think community for me it's like about knowing that like you're not alone and everyone or a lot of people have had the same struggle as you and then especially important in engineering because sometimes engineers try and act a lot smarter than we really are and act like oh we've never had these problems we've never made these mistakes and the reality is a lot of people have a lot of problems and make a lot of mistakes so just when you have that community it's good to know you're not alone um like for me specifically ess has always been a great community for me throughout my degree um but in terms of my really close friends i actually tend to keep my friend group very separate from my extracurriculars like my friends like they know what I'm doing because we talk about it and stuff but often my friends are different than me like they're more academically focused and I do more extracurricular so it's kind of nice because when I'm with my friends you know um I can just like talk about random stuff and not have to like worry about my extracurriculars and then when I'm with the people I do my extracurriculars with I'm also friends with them and I get to talk to them about that so that's really nice I mean other places I found community um with the Native Center on campus, and I think I mentioned on an earlier podcast too. Um, I've gone to actually a lot of Indigenous STEM conferences as well. So like the Assembly of First Nations has conferences. I think one that's really good for engineers. Um, whether you're Indigenous or not, I just think it's a really good learning experience. I brought someone who wasn't Indigenous the first time I went, and I know he learned a lot. Uh, they have a national water symposium, so it's really, it's probably the best conference I've ever been to where you get to kind of like hear from Indigenous perspectives and then people who are, might not be Indigenous but are working in the field 
about challenges placed uh, faced with like access to clean drinking water and a lot of related topics, sanitization and stuff. Um, and it's really cool from an engineering perspective because they have like a trade show so you can like find out about this new technology, but you also get to hear information from the source, often like trying to filter things through the media and understand what's going on, it's very hard. But when you talk to the people who are actually doing the work, it's really cool. And then also if you're interested in nonprofit, that's um, like a really cool like nonprofit area that a lot of people are involved in. And that's something, you know, you can do locally in Canada because these issues are faced, you know, very close to home, very close to cities that are heavily populated. So that's something that's been really cool for me, like getting to travel and even see like, you know, you go farther from home, but you find people who are like, um, like you have a stronger connection to. There's like an organization called .caces, which is like Canadian um, Indigenous people in STEM, which is really cool. I've been to those as well. Um, so like things like that, I've, I've been able to learn a lot from. And I think just wherever you go, I think a lot of people said just casually chatting with people and stuff, it's great. Engineers are very, uh, there's a lot of mutual suffering to bond over, so it's great. <laughs> That's wonderful. I think that also um, the way that you've all spoken about engineers, it, it's really broken down some stereotypes that I had about engineers, which is really funny because social workers are the first to tell you that we do not stereotype people, right? Like I'm a social worker. I would never have a stereotype about anyone. That would be wrong. But I have so many stereotypes about engineers, probably because I like grew up to, grew up near a lot of engineers, but like didn't actually know what they did or like they were like my, my friend's dads. And I was like, dads are weird. Um, so uh, it's been really, really refreshing to hear about all of the, all of the things that, um, that you've gotten to do and all the wonderful people that you've met and all the things that you, that you do. Caroline, my friend, my SNAPS friend, um, what communities are you part of? What things do you like to do? What connects you to community? What are, what are things that fill your soul? If you if you want to get a little artsy about it <laughs> well as a lot of people mentioned definitely mutual suffering tends to do the trick very well but um yeah so that's usually what bonds me very strongly to my friends within engineering and within my clubs and also the shared interests and all that but apart from from that world um some communities i fell back on um during my struggles throughout first year and my continuous struggles with figuring out this balance and engineering classes and all that um, well, for one, I, I belong to a very specific ethno-religious group that's native to Egypt, and uh, so I'm Coptic Orthodox, and it's a very tight-knit community. So people joke about, you know, well, you know, there's no way, you know, everybody in that community is like, yes, yes, actually we do. If you, if you know anybody from that community, I know them. They're my friend, probably. Um, so it's a very tight-knit community, and I'm, I'm very proud to have that kind of tight-knit connection with everybody, because uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very, you know, old but um, continuously like innovating and, and progressing. Um, uh, you know, as far as the youth go, like everybody's growing up and trying to do their best and figure out like, like what's the best for everybody. And it's, it's a very interesting group of people to be a part of for sure. So that's, that's one community that matters a lot to me because um, yeah, when I'm not in school, um, I, I like to spend time with my friends there and doing stuff at church. But I tend to disappear for months on end and everybody sees me after finals or midterms like, oh, you know, you came out of your cave. It's like, yes, I did. Because it is, it does feel like the natural thing for me to retreat from my communities when, uh, when things get difficult. But I would definitely advise against that. Try to rely on the people in your life when that happens. 
And one community that was always very helpful to me in that time was, was my high school, whether it was all the staff on my high school or, or the students, because I was lucky to come to university and to engineering with a lot of people from my high school. And even I, we had a teacher or two that taught at U of C and taught at our, at our high school. So it's, it's a very tight-knit community as well. And everybody knows everybody. So they were always very helpful whenever I had any struggles. I found any excuse to go back to my high school. I peaked in high school. I'm not afraid to admit it. I love everybody there. I was, that was my comfort zone. I, I love St. Mary's High School. I'll always find any excuse to go there. So whenever anybody from Shulik or from any of my clubs or anybody from, from my school would ask me to come back and present, I would jump right on that. Um, so if you're someone who is afraid about this, um, this transition into university from high school, I would highly recommend um, keeping those ties to your high school as much as possible and, and staying in touch with your friends from there. Because if that's your comfort zone, as you build new ones, you still want to hold on to that one and, and keep relying on it when you need to. That's awesome. And also going back to my high school, I mean, I can't now because it's in Ontario and I'm in Edmonton. But uh, whenever I would go back and like as a university student, especially like first year, man, do you feel like a rock star? Oh, everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's Hannah coming back from university. And you're like, yes, hello. It feels amazing. It's a, it's a really good ego boost, especially because like coming home, like Thanksgiving, like reading week after first semester, like in the middle of first semester. And you're like, wow, university is really hard. And I'm a pile of garbage. And then you go back to your high school and everyone's like, you're amazing. And you're like, so me stop stop 100% exactly that nothing better and nothing like as a 25 year old with like a job now like I'm like oh I really ride like you can't go back to your like undergrad and be like because no one knows who you are so you're like hello and people are like yeah we don't care <laughs> and like if I went back to my high school now it wouldn't mean anything no one there would know me except for like some of the teachers or whatever but you know oh riding that high Thank you for listening to this episode of Full Steam Ahead. We'd like to thank our STEAM Dream team who participated today, Manpreet, Shaliza, Caroline, Anne-Marie, and Jasmine for, as always, being a dream to work with. If you enjoyed our conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message or like or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We are at CyberMentor, C-Y-B-E-R-M-E-N-T-O-R, or you can check out our website at cybermentor.ca. Be sure to stay on board because we are still going full steam ahead. We'll see you next time.